Have you ever went over to a friend's house and as soon as you walk through the door, uh, you catch a whiff of something? Something kind of rotten. And you think to yourself, what is that? I wonder what that is. And then you look around and it's like, well, people live here. Don't they smell that? Then maybe after a few more minutes, you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe it's just me. I'm, I'm overreacting. I'm overly sensitive. Then if you're there long enough, what happens? You become nose blind to it. Not that the smell went away. You just don't perceive it anymore. You think, well, I guess it wasn't that bad after all. Well, it could be the same way in our world with issues in our society and also what's going on in our heart where you kind of catch a whiff of something. Something's not right. Something is a little off. Either in us, with us, around us. There's just something in the air. Then we have a choice. We can just kind of get used to it and maybe we just don't notice it anymore because that's exactly what will happen. In fact, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 13. And starting with verse 15. It says, For this people's heart is waxed or has grown gross or has grown calloused. Their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. These are the words of Jesus here. And what can happen is people over time can just get kind of numb, become callous to their situation, the issues of their life, and begin to compromise, thinking, well, you know, things aren't that bad, not really. And then after a while, you know, you just don't perceive it anymore. In fact, it says here in verse 15 that their eyes, they have closed. And that's a choice that you can make where you just, just you know a certain situation does exist and you just close your eyes to it. You become insensitive to it. And in verse 16, it says, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. I mean, thank God that you personally can sense things that aren't right, perceive things are not as they should be. And that what that means is that you haven't closed your eyes to them, whatever the situation is, that you, through God's help, can deal with whatever the situation is. But most people, they enjoy the blindness. They enjoy the darkness. In fact, it says in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, it talks about how people love darkness because their deeds are evil. People think that, you know, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. You know, nobody see it, nobody saw it. I don't know nothing about it, therefore it doesn't really exist. But the thing is, the thing is God sees and God knows and we will be held accountable 
darkness is no place to hide. It's just like if you're on the train tracks and a train is coming and you close your eyes, think everything's going to be okay. Well, it won't be okay. It's going to have a very horrible ending. So if you choose to close your eyes, it's a very dangerous thing to do. Also in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In fact, let's take a look at that one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In whom the God, that's God with a little g, of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, the God of this world, it blinds the mind. It will blind your heart. So if we choose to close our eyes to a situation that we know is bad, whether it's in us particularly or in our society, we're playing right into the devil's hands. right? We don't want to see it. And the devil likes it just like that. Where your mind has now been blinded. You can't perceive it. You can't wrap your mind around it because you just don't see it. And that's the working of the devil. And let's also look to the book of Ephesians uh, this time chapter 2 and let's start with, well let's see let's start with verse 1 because I like verse 1 it's a good place to start Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it says and you he hath quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin what a statement right he has made us alive that was that were dead we're in sin we're in trespasses living a life that was offensive to God. What does that mean? Well, let's look at verse, uh, verse 2. It says, Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Oh, let's go ahead and read chapter 3, or verse 3. It says, Among whom also we all had, past tense, our conversation or manner of living in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So that's all how we all were. We were in trespasses and sin until God saved us, until we came to Jesus Christ and allowed him to save us. But we were walk, walking and living according to the course of this world because, well, that's just how things are and everybody else is doing it. That's just the course. But also being influenced by a spirit. It says in the latter part of that verse, the verse 2, it says the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Wow. Being influenced by the wrong influencer. Talks about that in uh, the book of First John, chapter five, verse nineteen. That the whole world lies in wickedness. That another translation puts it that the whole world is under the sway or the the influence of the wicked one. The devil is the master influencer of the whole world. All this evilness and wickedness that we see going on. People are under the influence, under the influence of the devil. We 
talk about people on TikTok and Instagram. They're influ- they're influencers, but none is influencing more than the devil. So we really can't get too mad at people. I mean, we see people do evil things. It's like, oh my God, you're just so like disgusted with them. But we have to understand that, you know, they're under the influence, the wrong influence. In fact, let's stay in the book of Ephesians and look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not, or our struggle is not with flesh and blood, or with people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So as the children of God, spirit-filled believers, our struggle isn't with people. We have the authority to come against the root of the issue, which is a spiritual matter, a spiritual fight. You know, that's why we don't take up arms against people. We're supposed to take up prayers against the power of the evil one to stand against the evilness in this world through our prayers and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can do that. But when we're talking about people being influenced by the devil or a spirit working with the people who don't believe in the, what's it say here, in the children of disobedience, there's a spirit that works in them. We're not talking about a possession like a like they like in Hollywood, like I think we've all seen The Exorcist. We're not talking about someone who was possessed by the devil like that. But look at it this way: either we are possessed by God, or we are possessed by the devil. You're influenced by God, or you are influenced by the devil. There's no middle ground. There's only two teams. And Jesus said, either you are with me or you're against me. Clarifying the fact that there's only two teams. And people think, well, you know what? I'm not really against Jesus, but I don't want to be a Christian. Well, by default, you're on the devil's side. And some may think that, you know what? I'm not trying to kill anybody. I'm living a you know fairly clean life. Nobody's perfect. And, yeah, no, I don't worship the devil. So that should be, you know, okay too. But it's not. Because, once again, there is no middle ground. Either you're with Jesus or you're against him. And maybe not actively resisting Jesus. But you would think. But if you're resisting that call, that knock, it says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you're resisting letting him in to your life, then you are working against Jesus because he wants you saved. And you're working against him. You're allowing the devil to keep you in darkness and to keep you blind and to keep you in bondage, working against your own self-interest. And as we know, the devil can't make you do anything. We have to give him consent. And Jesus won't force you although he has the power to force you he doesn't he wants you to make the right choice so we have to understand it's possible to you know be on a team but not on the playing field we can have the jersey 
but we're not necessarily in the game. So the question is, who are you supporting? Are you wearing your Jesus jersey? Are you in the game? Are you resisting Jesus on the side of the devil, doing his will? Because it is the devil's will to keep you, once again, in darkness and in bondage and blind and headed to hell, basically. That's not the will of God. God is not willing that anyone should go to hell, that anyone should perish. See, Jesus is here to save, not to condemn anybody. He sent his son in the world, to the world to save people, to save the lost. I think many have the wrong perception of the message of Christ in that he's not here to harm anyone. You know, they think, people think that, you know, oh, Jesus, he's here to, you know, steal all my fun. I can't do nothing no more. I'm going to be bored. And, you know, then, then, then I die and I can be a fat baby sitting on a cloud playing a harp. That doesn't sound appealing at all. But in truth, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly, abundantly, as it says in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. So he wants us to have a good life now, full of peace and joy and love and the power and a glorious eternity. And that's a good thing. And the joy and the peace and the love is something that we can't get into this world. It's not found. We get temporary pleasures, but after a while, it kind of gets old, kind of wears off. But I'll tell you and I'll guarantee you that once you get into Jesus, let him forgive your sins and start living a holy life with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's the best life you can live because it's fulfilling. It's happy. It's joyful, especially knowing that you have a very bright future in God's kingdom forever. Where there's no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow. It's going to be wonderful. But the Bible says that we have an enemy, an adversary, the devil, who's working overtime. When I say devil, I mean the devil, the demons, the fallen angels. They're working against us so that we won't make it into God's kingdom. Doing anything and everything, it seems, to throw us off track, to keep us blinded, keep our minds blinded. We don't have to stay that way. Again, all we have to do is turn to Jesus. And now, even right now, if you understand and see and perceive that maybe you're on the wrong team. Maybe you're wearing the jersey of the devil. Well, I'm not on the field doing all these evil things, but I'm on the side of the fans. And I'm not cheering for Jesus. So by default, again, I'm on the side of the devil. And if you feel that, and if you see that, if you notice that in your life, thank God, rejoice. Because now that proves that your eyes are open, that the devil has not blinded your mind because you see your situation. And once you see your situation, you have an opportunity to change it. And that means for you today, even right now, it's the day of salvation. Today, you can repent from your sin. Tell God that you're sorry. Ask him for forgiveness and to fill you with his Holy Spirit and with peace and joy. And that's exactly what God will do for you if you ask. 
ask and you will receive it. It's yours. We have to come to him humbly and repent, understand what we are into or what we were and offer, uh, accept the offer of God for eternal life and peace in this life and joy and love. So right now, it's your opportunity. Don't waste it. Cry out to God right now. Amen. Amen.